0: has it, gives to Franklin, he no, dies no, I don't think no, he got it, I no. don't think Ball's he got out. it, the ball, ball is out, Ball's the Bengals out. have scooped Ball's
1: it up. Burrow bouncing in the pocket, his throw caught at the 10 yard line, T night, Higgins night. straight into the end zone, touchdown Bengals, it's a T.
0: D.
2: Hello and welcome to episode 162 of Cincinnati. Oh yes. Oh yes. It's the week before the Sunday that was. Hold on, that doesn't make sense anyway. You know what I'm trying to say, right? We're mere days away from the Super Bowl where the Cincinnati, our Cincinnati Bengals are playing. But you knew that already. The build-up has already started. Chach, people, Will Ferrell. Getting his face painted on a US chat show. Um, all kinds of stuff. Some singer on a US chat show teasing the fact that she has a Bengal boyfriend. Um, the hoopla. All the media is has full effect. It's crazy. There was a pep rally at Paul Brown Stadium last night. Everything was going crazy. I need to take a breath. And with me to breathe deeply is Nathan Palmer. Hello, Nathan.
3: How you doing, my son? What a, an incredible experience to be sat here on a podcast previewing the Super Bowl with the Cincinnati Bengals in here, out in California, after an absolutely momentous run from the back end of the regular season through the playoffs. Some absolutely unbelievable ties along the way to be sat here facing the Los Angeles Rams in California. What what a what an episode!
2: What an episode it is, and we have for you in this uh, 162nd instalment of Cincinnati, an instalment that we never ever thought, actually, uh, we'd be talking about the Bengals in the Super Bowl. But here we are. I think we all believe now. We're all kind of used to the fact. We're all supremely excited, all on the edge of our seats. We can't wait. And we do have a special guest. It is Bengals legend Jim Breach. Uh, Bengals franchise record-holding point scorer, Jim Breach, of course. Uh, Still the most successful kicker in franchise history. But, of course, uh, Jim is looking forward to seeing Evan McPherson in the Super Bowl, as are we, and Jim talks about Evan, what he's got to do to kind of kick his best in the big game, what he thinks of him, what he thinks of the Bengals' chances. That's all coming up a bit later. I mean, we couldn't do a Super Bowl preview episode without a Super Bowl song. Uh, so there is a song uh, coming up very soon. and We've got course, a little
3: game for you, son, as well.
2: And a little game. There you go, Nathan. Has, has,
3: it's a has... Super Bowl, would you rather?
2: <laughs> okay, well, I'll, I'll have a bit of that. Um, yeah. So I hope you're all okay out there in Bengals land. Uh, looking forward to planning your Sunday evening. And, of course, we are doing a meet-up, a Super Bowl party In London, and uh, that's going to be something rather special. It's the biggest thing we have ever, ever done. We have three floors of a pub in central London. The comedy pub, the brilliant comedy pub. uh, It's all going to kick off, literally and figuratively. It's going to be rammed. It's going to be full of Screaming Bengals fans. Uh, If you've got a ticket, fantastic. Thank you for buying, and we'll see you there. And uh, do you know what? Even if you didn't get in or you're just going to be watching at home with friends and family or going to a local bar or whatever it might be, it doesn't really matter. You're going to be cheering on the Bengals and I I would imagine that your heart is absolutely full of Bengal pride at the moment. So um, we can't wait for it, can we, Nathan?
3: We can't say so an incredible week. And I think everyone, including myself, those butterflies are just starting to fly in my sort of flutter in my stomach at the moment. It really is. There's um, the sort of times at work this week where my mind will just sort of pitch to one side. And you think, bloody hell, like, you know, one way or another, this time next week, you're either going to have won it, which is going to be just the most ridiculous, wow, like, completed this game almost type feeling. Like, what, what an extraordinary... Experience, or it's going to be a really hard sort of punch in the stomach, and I think that's going to be a realization one way or another. But either way, to me, just feels like I can't fathom it. It's going to be a bit mental, and then when those thoughts start swirling around in my head, I realize I've been sat there not doing anything for ten minutes. So, um,
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
3: Yeah, it's uh, it's really starting to build on me. I tell you.
2: Yeah, me too. I think I think it, the common theme I think uh, that we've seen on on social media, and certainly people interacting with us on the podcast is that they can't believe it they just can't believe it, that they're yeah it.
3: um but- do, you, do you know what's funny really like so it's, uh, the one uh-huh. thing i'd say is like you know at the start of the playoffs when we beat the raiders it was very much like we beat the raiders we all sort of thought blimey you know that's incredible we did that can't believe it and there was very much the phrase that went around and we said it on the podcast was house money you know anything more than getting past the Raiders, call, you know, we're not really expecting to go to the number one seed Titans and beat him If we do, and it's not impossible, call, that would be extraordinary, wouldn't it? But then you've probably got to go to the Chiefs or the Bills. That's going to be outrageous. And, you know, you didn't ever really, I don't think, Consider the possibility actually, we're going to be sat there in the Super Bowl. And I think the house money thing has gone out the window now because you're in the Super Bowl and you've got to a position now where if you win, it's going to be just euphoria. Like there's nothing yeah, like yeah. it. It will be the best sporting moment for probably every single. Um, Bengals fat. I mean, it will be the biggest fat sporting moment of anyone associated with the Bengals because they've never won the Super Bowl before. No, that's right. So, that's right. you know, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, how old you are. If you're Mike Brown or you're some geezer who's started following the team this week, it's going to be the biggest achievement the Bengals have ever had. So I just think that, yeah, I don't even know what point I was making. I got lost in the fact <laughs> that it's such a huge achievement. But either way now, I think because you're in the Super Bowl, it's just all bets are off. It's just a one-on-one Not a toss of a coin, it's not as simple as that, but you're going to either feel unbelievable or you're going to feel like absolute dog shit at the end of it and <laughs> that's where we've got to you know if we lost to the Titans everyone would be sort of patting themselves on the back got the playoff win let's build for next year and no one would be too bothered either way same to a certain extent if you lost against the Chiefs you would have felt like oh we were nearly there but you'd be you know rolling the dice on next year and free agency and we'd be licking our chops at the prospect of that but we're there now there's no going back and I think that the disappointment of losing a Super Bowl I mean you've experienced it as a fan mm-hmm. i certainly certainly haven't that's going to be a real like you know you can talk about next year and the year after but we're here now we're on the dance floor you know we've got our cards out so oh it's a yeah I, I'm, I'm just still in shock a bit
2: yeah it's interesting is it because every player that we've spoken to whether it be chris collinsworth or uh, you know david fulcher or icky woods or you know dave lapham whoever it might be from those two super bowl teams they have bitter regrets from that day and so i'm quite focused on the team winning now i'm way past the whole kind of oh i can't believe it i can't believe it's there i can't believe they're doing it. the fact is that they're there and like you said the focus now has to be on winning this game and i really genuinely think it's a game that we can win i mean i think we are slightly yeah yeah i agree but i i i wouldn't say a fanciest fully but i i think we've got a good chance you know um
3: do you know the one thing that's crazy as well, it, and this is on the same sort of theme about can't believe we made the Super Bowl and everything else. The other thing to consider with this is, and I think for a lot of Bengals fans, it would have almost made so much more sense for the narrative of, oh, we didn't make it, but we've got all this, you know, we've got all this... Um, cap money, we're going to make yeah, a big yeah. run next year, and you'd really think that the Super Bowl is within reach with Joe Boy getting more experience and still on his rookie contract, a lot of cap room, etc. The Bengals could really build. The reality is the AFC is bloody difficult. There's so many good young quarterbacks mm-hmm. in the AFC, and to get to the Super Bowl again, one way or another, and obviously the Bengals are more than capable of doing this, but you're going to have to get through – Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson. like There's some bloody good players. Mike White. In, in <laughs> Mike White. Yeah, but you, you're going to have to get through some serious talent that's floating about in the AFC. And, that, you know, we, you know what the NFL playoffs are like. There's one play here, ball bounces there, you get a dodgy penalty. It's a difficult league. And there's absolutely no guarantee, as good as Joe Boy is and as much as a crest of a wave that we're riding at the moment... There's no guarantee the Bengals get back to the Super Bowl anytime soon. So this is just an opportunity that is unbelievable that it's set on our lap. We can we can absolutely win this game. There's I mean, the bookies have only got the Rams as slight favourites because they're, you know, obviously in their home venue as well. There's never been a better opportunity, really, for the Bengals. And I think that's why in my mind now I'm like, cool oh, Blimey, like, you know, we've broken into the shop here. The, the golden watch is in front of us. Let's just snatch it and run. And
2: yeah, I just, I just think actually this home advantage thing is a bit of a misnomer because surely, yes, you know, yes. it's I not don't... like it's not like a, an NFC championship game or a championship game full stop where the majority, the vast majority of fans in that stadium will be Rams fans. In this case, the Super Bowl is a neutral; it just happens to be at that stadium, and it, yeah. the crowd will be fairly neutral. I know quite a few Bengals fans have remortgaged their house to go to to sofi stadium i know our very own dave cass has done something similar to to go to la to the big game that's incredible we're hoping to hear from dave uh, on our online tailgate this weekend um but yeah i don't i think the home advantage thing is a slightly you know
3: yeah i agree i I I don't think
2: it's as much of an advantage as it would be you know
3: I also think that you're going to get a real divide with the neutrals because I think the average neutral will probably want the Bengals to win. They're the underdog. They've never won it before. They're not a big flashy L.A. team that's gone out and blown all the money in the world on getting superstars across the board. So I think most of America, as a neutral, will want the Bengals to win. So that will be reflected in the stadium. But any neutrals from L.A. will naturally probably just go for the L.A. team. So there's that as well. So I really think it'll be split down the middle. I wouldn't even be surprised if it was a slightly pro-Bengals atmosphere purely on the basis, and this is no disrespect to any L.A. Rams fans. So my my in-laws are Rams fans, but it's not – L.A. is renowned for a bit of a sort of glory-hunting fan base. You know, the Rams have only just come back to L.A. There's a couple of teams there. They're not necessarily the most sort of – in LA anyway the most die hard fans that have you know been around forever they're sort of known for getting like you know the 49ers they were worried about them completely taking over the stadium and stuff so i think there's going to be a lot of absolutely diehard mental bengals fans that are making the trip as some of which you've just mentioned that will be bloody loud and will absolutely tear the place down and i really think that we'll give them i don't think by any means it's going to be a situation where joe boy can not hear himself or you know that's a real sort of thing for the Rams so I think the Bengals will really show up and the fans will certainly help us in that situation.
2: I And also we've just played at Arrowhead the loudest exactly, NFL stadium exactly. in the league in the world in the universe yep, yep, they could probably yep. hear hear Chiefs fans from Pluto or Jupiter or something like that do you know what I mean I mean Joe Boy handled that fantastically well I'm not saying it's not a problem because obviously that kind of crowd noise is but I don't know. I think it's a misnomer. I tell you what, though, Nathan Palmer, I haven't yep. really even thought about the game yet. I've been so busy with one thing or another. I'm what actually, guy? well, the game, uh, the big uh, Lemington versus Kettering um, game. On, oh no, the Super Bowl. And I, I, you know, I'm approaching delirium, quite frankly, here. But uh, I, so I need you to guide me through this. What's what's the, what are the keys? What are Nathan's keys to the game? Nathan, Nathan's keys.
3: Well, um, I think everyone that the obvious one that jumps out is how do you deal with Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd and Von Miller? Because that you look at the Titans game and they absolutely ransacked Joe Boy and knocked him into the ground. And it's not just going to be as simple as, well, there's some talented players that might happen again. It's all about game plan and how they sort of scheme it. And I think that's going to be the number one thing that's going to be in the media this week. And the Bengals fans are going to be slightly nervous about because Joe boy does like taking his time in the pocket and seeing what's going on downfield, moving around Aaron Donald's the best interior defensive lineman in the league ever Leonard Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Leonard Floyd is an animal. Von Miller is an absolute elite talent that they brought in midway through the season to give him a boost. So that's going to be a serious job for our offensive line to deal with. And I think that... They've got to scheme it, whether it's getting Joe mixing the ball early and just keeping the Rams honest from that perspective or getting the boy out his hand quick or move. I don't yeah. know, moving it out to the perimeters. Yeah,
2: just trying Lots to the screens, not, that kind of thing. Yeah,
3: exactly. Just trying to sort of take that away. Or is that too obvious? You know, will the Rams prepare for that and just stuff it because they think that the Bengals won't want to take them on at the line? So there's a bit of chess going on there. I don't know if we, who gets the edge really in terms of old Zach used to be on Sean McVay's staff because McVay will know Zach, but obviously he won't have ever been around Zach as a head coach. Zach would have seen a lot of McVay would have known the sort of how he runs his offense, what he likes to get out of his quarterbacks, you know, he spent a bit of time on his staff. So you'd argue maybe we've got the edge there from Zach knowing a bit. I mean, Zach designed a lot of our offensive play and our teams around what Sean McVay does. So there'd be a bit of similarities there, but you must. You got to remember as well. We played the the last time we played the Rams. Very ironically, was in London. That yes, was the London right. game, and and they had their way with us there. I mean, albeit that was a lot weaker Bengals team, um, like considerably, considerably weaker than mm. the team we've got now. But I mean, they have faced off once before, so that I think will be interesting. But I think first and foremost, wouldn't you agree? We've got to stop that that off um, that defensive front for yeah. the Rams. Oh, it's going to be formidable.
2: I do think their secondary can be targeted, though, Jalen Ramsey aside. That that duel between Ramsey and Chase will be really interesting. Be, and it also yeah. be fascinating to see where they line Chase up because, of course, he's equally as effective, you know... I mean, he is the yards-after-catch master. He's so strong. He's just like a running back. And yet he can kind of... You know, he's great with the deep ball as well. So I'd be interested to see where they line Chase up. I'm sure it's going to be some in the slot, some out wide... Move him around a little bit. Higgins again, I think, will have another big game, potentially. Uh Tyler Boyd. And it looks it looks very encouraging for CJ Uzama, who ripped yes. off his leg brace at Paul Bram
3: Stadium last night to the <laughs> That was unbelievable, that was well, That was hilarious. Uh, and... he'll play, there's no doubt about that, I guarantee it. The the only issue is is he gonna be effective? Is he gonna lose you know, I can't imagine yeah. he's gonna be at full speed. Um I think that's one thing in the off season. like CJ is definitely on the team next year he's a huge vital part of um, the team both on the pitch and off it but I do think once you get past him the drop off is considerable and I think that we do I hope he is able to play it nearly as close yeah, to 100% yeah. as he can I think if this was week three of the regular season it would take at least one if not two more weeks to get right but yeah this is the Super Bowl you know I don't he probably's <laughs> taking as many um, painkillers as he can, bless him, the yeah, geezer, to get out there. And absolutely. but you know that that's going to be a big boost for us, I think.
2: Yeah, I think so. It's going to be fascinating. It will be. An, I don't think actually. You mentioned the whole kind of McVeigh Taylor relationship. I don't think it's going to be too. I mean, yes, they're very familiar with each other in terms of approach and scheme and all the rest of it. But I think Zach has said in this uh, in this uh, whole round of media press conferences that um you know it is uh it's 3 years since they've been together and they both yes. the yeah. teams have changed yeah and you know there's still elements of the scheme there absolutely but Again, I'm not sure whether that's going to be a huge thing come, yeah.
3: come Sunday. It's, it, it's remarkable with the two of them as well, because at the start of the season, you look at Zach Taylor and you look at Sean McVay, Sean McVay taking the Rams to the Super Bowl, always competitive the Rams, always a th- threat to win it all. And you look at McVay and his coaching tree and all these guys coming across, he's really heralded as this like genius offensive play called uh, caller and stuff. And obviously that's one of the reasons that Zach got the job, as he came from that sort of factory of thought, and people thought that maybe he, you know we could replicate what he's done in LA, and you looked at the first two years of Zach, and you thought, well, we've got the bad apple from the tree here, because it doesn't really look like we've made much progress, obviously the first season was poor, the second season was a bit better, but it still wasn't by any means good, and all of a sudden, and obviously after the first couple of games of the season as well, everyone was thinking, oh, I don't know, all of a sudden you're in a situation where Zach Taylor could win a Super Bowl before Sean McVeigh, which is... If you'd have said that, I I mean, it would have just been inconceivable
2: I know, right? the talent
3: and the money and the front office and the spend that the Rams have got in the L.A. market versus what Zach had when he joined the Bengals, which was a lot of dead wood and, you know, can you can't you type of situation in terms of the talent on the team. And it's just a remarkable situation that he's a a football game away from getting that Super Bowl before McVeigh. And I think anyone in their wildest of dreams would have predicted that.
2: No, not at all. Um before we get to talk some more, do you wanna hear the song? I mean I'm I'm suck I am sucking on the stiff teat of a sand cold San Miguel here. I'm not sure how San Miguel feels about it, but I'm just gonna take a little sip of uh lovely lovely fizzy beer. Do you wanna hear the song? This is our Super Bowl song. Um <laughs> So I apologize. Oh, I'd love to, sir. I sort of apologize in advance. Are you ready for the Super Bowl, Bengals fans? Aye, can- I can't hear you! aye, aye, Captain. <laughs> Who lives in Ohio away from the sea? Jolie Bower! Absorbing the socks for all to see. Jolie If Super Bowl wins be something you wish. Leave, then who'd be allowed and let's all get pissed? Get leave, Ready? Get Jolie Ready? Jolie Borrow. Jolie Borrow. Jolie Borrow. Jolie. Jolie, Burrow. Jolie
3: That's not what I was expecting at all.
2: I know, I think everybody thought we might go for some sort of pun-filled line or some epic song, but I think that might be the (laughs) shortest song in the most important game ever. It could be the most effective, though. I think it could be the most effective, so thank you very much.
3: It sums up the slightly like crazed mood of all of us at the moment. Absolutely,
2: yeah. Um, big thank you to Mike Smith who wrote the lyrics, uh, and his daughter who contributed to the backing vocals, and my niece and nephew Izzy and Ethan, and uh, Tom McDowell's little boy as well. And do you know what? We're getting lovely stories saying that uh, parents of uh, well of children not of, you know, animals or anything like that. Parents of children have really bonded during this uh, Super Bowl run. They've just... A lot of parents saying their kids have reached an age that where they're interested in, in sport and they're starting to follow the Bengals because their mom mum or dad are getting really into it and obviously really emotional. They're letting them stay up and watch the games. And there's quite a few stories out there of some really, you know, kind of whole families watching... The games and i think that's absolutely wonderful so um that song is called sponge joe smart pants so um another one for the album nathan i think um what else do you want to talk about the game keys nathan's keys what are nathan's keys
3: i i think another big key to the game is turnovers and it it, that's just pretty obvious one i guess but the defence, make no doubt about it, you look at the last two games, which I think the most, two of the most, probably the most impressive wins I've ever seen from the Bengals, incredible yeah. wins in extremely high-profile circumstances against two very good teams away from home. As much as the spotlight is on Joe Boy and he's in the media darling at the moment, and for a lot of the right reasons, the defence won us those games with the turnovers. You know, that taking the ball off Mahomes in overtime like that was an absolutely genius play just completely set us up. That turnover by BJ Hill that gave us the ball deep in Chiefs territory, that was another absolutely crucial play to get us past the Chiefs in what was at one point, a very difficult situation. Now, Joe Boy played very well. He played very well. His good, gritty performance against the Titans to get us there. His stats were padded massively by that one pass to Chase where he just sort of slung it out to the right and then yeah. chased it all the work. And then there was that sort of garbage play at the end of the half where CJ's armour got about 40 yards, which was just as time expired. So, you know, Joe Boy's two touchdown passes, two interceptions these last games. Like I said, he's been great situationally. He's not necessarily lit it up against two very good defences. But our defence has just been incredible. I mean, the turnovers against the Titans to get the ball back there at the end for us, off Tannehill, that play by Mike Hilton when the Titans were just about to sort of punch it in and he rips the ball off of Tannehill and runs it back, that was phenomenal. And I just think that Matt Stafford is prone to turnovers towards the back end of the... A regular season, he threw some silly interceptions. I think against Minnesota, he had a silly one. Against the Ravens, they looked a bit all over the place, the Rams. So I think my key to the game is obviously turnovers, but we've got to basically mortgage the house and just ask the defence for one more game where they can get a big play, be it a pick six, a fumble in a key area, something just to turn the game around, get the fans on their feet. And just turn the game because Matt Stafford will be prone to it. Their run game's not great. I know Cam Akers is back now, but Sonny Michel's not. He's not really one of the league's elite backs by any means. So I think in the run game, we've maybe got a slight edge. But come on, boys. Trey Hendrickson, Eli Apple, Mike Hilton, any of you that are listening, just just if you can just get that ball out, boys. Get the ball out once, maybe twice. A pick six, good. Mi- I mean, if Eli Apple gets a piece, a uh, pick six, the whole stadium will burn to the ground. But <laughs> you know, I mean, anything like that. I think if we can win the turnover battle, then I think that's just. That, I mean, that would just really, I think, put us on the put us on the way to lifting the trophy.
2: Speaking about Matt, Matt Stafford, it's weird, isn't it? I think everyone sort of was, was on his side for when he was in. Dis- Detroit, you know, he was a good guy and you always wanted Detroit to do well just because they'd done so badly. Um, now he's at the Rams. I think he's, I mean, he's got elite arm strength. We all know that. But I do think, and just just overall, I think this game might be more like the Tennessee game than the Chiefs
3: game. Yes, I, I think you're right. I not think you're just right.
2: because we're going to face a defensive line that is as good, if not slightly better, than the Titans, and we all know what happened against the Titans. Um, But we're also facing another pocket passer uh, in Stafford, which we didn't do versus Mahomes, but we did more or less in Tannehill. Uh, Now, obviously, um, Stafford is a better better quarterback than Tannehill. He's got a cannon for an arm. But, you know, as as you mentioned, they've been a bit ropey down the stretch. I mean, they've been losing games. They've been leading their games and throwing away the lead they always do give you a chance there yes the yes. Uh, the the rams and um obviously cooper cup and uh, beckham junior are a terrific wide receiving duo cup obviously the best in the league this year i think p- possibly um i think uh, a certain player with number 1 on his jersey might have uh, a few words to say about that but it's, it's there are some really interesting battles you know a versus cup and you know, Apple or whoever it might be against uh, Beckham, and you know they're dangerous. They're 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 in the Super Bowl for a reason. But they, I think they yeah. do give you a chance. Mind you, Rams fans will probably say the same thing about the Bengals. You know, but we do grit it out, and I do think it might be more along the lines uh, of a very nervy stop-start game like it was against the titans because yeah, it's going to be di- more. it's going to be difficult to move the ball against that uh, defensive yes. front so they they better be wary the one thing i wasn't keen on versus the titans and i know this is strange to say it because we won and we're in the super bowl but uh, joe boy didn't have much of an out uh, there wasn't yeah. there weren't many kind of underneath throws little Dump yeah. passes just to alleviate yeah. that yeah. pressure. Uh, apart from that chase, Biggie, I think we've got to do a better job of doing that of just controlling the ball and going sort of pure West Coast, really, just to to get those defensive linemen you know d- down the field and then and kind of just check it down, you know, just to yeah. just to kind of move the chains.
3: Do you know what I would say is another huge key to the game, and it's not related to anything specific. It's just making a bit of a statement and getting off to the right sort of start and you look back to those Bengals teams of old when they were in the playoffs with Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer and stuff and it was always just the start didn't happen for us for whatever reason it was a bit nervy and I think to an extent as well the Bengals have had a couple of drives in the playoffs where they got you know and during the regular season where the first couple of drives just a bit stop start and a three and out and you punt it back and yeah I just think purely from a nerves point and you can say all this stuff in the world about Joe Boy being <clears throat> you know ice in his veins and they're young lads and they don't care and the, no stage is too big for them Super Bowl is the biggest stage possibly in sport and there will be nerves for all of them mm-hmm. you know be it Joe Boy be it um, the lineman, be it whoever I just think if the Bengals can come out I would take the ball. I'd be assertive. I wouldn't stick the defence out there and let Joe Boy and the rest of the offence sit on the bench and sort of, you know, get a bit jittery and want to get out there. I'd give them the ball. I'd say, go on, lads, get out there. Get a few first downs. I don't care if it's a field goal, whatever. Just get something on the ball. Just just make a bit of a statement to start with because if you could get that ball and move it down the field, everyone comes off the field, they're high-fiving, the nerves are gone. You're in the game there and then you're locked in for the rest of it. And I think that's a big thing for us to just get... The right start to the game, so we're in it and we're competitive. I think, I know the Bengals typically like to take the toss and get the ball after the yeah. half, so they can sort of you know start the second half right and make a bit of a statement. And we all know we've been a much more second half team at times this season. But I think for me, just to sort of get the ball in Joe Boy's hands early um, and assert a bit of dominance, I would I'd take the ball first. And I think it's imperative we get off to get off to a good start.
2: Yes, well, either side of the board, even if we do get uh, the defense on first, you know, it'd be lovely to kind of make some sort of statement against the the Rams there. Um, Okay, it's difficult. I was going to ask you who you think your MVP is going to be if the Bengals win, but it's impossible, isn't it? Because the defense certainly have been making plays all over the place. You know, BJ Hill's interception last week, as you mentioned before, that spy sack from Old Mother Hubbard, my personal favourite. Uh, play of the Year, possibly. I just thought that was brilliant. And, uh, you know, Eli Apple, you know, Jesse Bates breaking at the pass and Von Bell, you know, Logan Wilson's interceptions, Jermaine Pratt's interceptions, you know, Trey Hendrickson with his sacks, L- DJ Reader playing at an elite level for a nose tackle. They've all been making plays. And, of course, you know, it's difficult to predict um, Who's going to have a tremendous game? But you know they're all going to be amped up for it. And I, 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 now just talking about it and thinking about the game, which is really the first time I've thought about the game properly. And it's like, oh, I'm. I think yes, it no, might. I know. I think I know. it might be a really, really good game. You know, for the neutral. Yeah, I agree. And for the purist, you know, there, there'll be points. There'll be. There's great players on both teams. There's, you know, elite of the elite players on both teams. You know, there could be points galore. It could be a defensive battle like it was in the yeah, Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, well, got- I think
3: it'd be within our interest for it to be a similar game to the Titans to a certain extent. I think I can't see us doing a Kansas City Chiefs shootout style match against that defence. I think we can score points on them. But I think that pass rush, Jalen Ramsey, they've got a couple of other good players in the secondary as well. I it would worry me if we needed to score four or five touchdowns to get past yeah, them. I'm not yeah. sure we could do that. I think if it was a Titans game where it was 21-18 or something like that, I think we could manage that. I think we can score three touchdowns. I think maybe you know a couple of field goals on top. But I don't like the look of it in a shootout, to be completely honest with you. But, you know, the, the one thing I'd say is, well, I'll tell you what, you asked me the question sort of loosely about who do I think could be the MVP for the Bengals. Yeah. The interesting thing here is we know we were saying that Joe Boy's been pretty good in the playoffs. He's even maybe not lit the world on fire, but he's been very, very good. There is a chance that the geezer, like and how much do you back him, I'd say is the question, because he might just turn up and lay down one of the greatest performances of his career and we win it easily because he is that good and he did yeah. that in the, the national championship game and he did it throughout the college playoffs. He just turned up and he had, I think in that semi-final game of the college playoffs, he had like six touchdowns at halftime and it was just an absolute beatdown. And I know obviously this is much stiffer opposition than he played back then, but you just, in his mind, if he could take it to that another level and just lock himself in and just... Sling that ball around like it was no one's business, evading um, any of that pressure, and um, putting the ball out there to chase T. Higgins, maybe CJ if he's feeling up to it. You just don't know that Joe Burrow couldn't have 400 yards and three touchdowns and just put out a performance like no one had ever seen. Comfortable MVP hmm. on the way to some sort of legacy. You know, that that is possible that he does just take that step up. And we all love him as Bengals fans. He's yeah. so highly rated around the league. That's possible that he's got another gear in him for a game of this magnitude, you know. I t- I hope I'm right, but you just never know with a geezer.
2: Yeah, I think it well, I do we've said it once and we have say it before. He is the type of guy that will carry a team on on his back. Yes. With all due respect to Andy Dalton, he was never that kind of player. Never ever in a million years. Good player, got us yep. the, got us to the playoffs 5 times in a row. Bit of luck and we would have gone further, quite frankly. Yeah. 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 Personality-wise, I just don't think he had that fire, that that cool, calm confidence, that sort of swagger. I hate the word swagger, but I think everyone knows what I mean. He didn't. You got to be a
3: bit of swagger, son, didn't you?
2: Well, I, like, I keep it under under the table some, most of the time. Um, but you know what I mean. Dalton never came to a press conference wearing Cartier uh, glasses, <laughs> did he? Ever, <laughs> ever? I don't think. He never turned up at a Games wearing bloody Spongebob tracksuits or whatever. You know, there's just something, and it's not arrogant. I genuinely don't think it's arrogant. No, I agree, I agree. It's this edge, this kind of, it's almost like I know, but no one else knows. You know what I mean? I know something that no one else knows, and that makes people kind of interested. He's he's enigmatic, but he can back it up with skill and mental strength. I just think his mental strength... Is just unparalleled. Probably um, the most mentally tough quarterback we've had, probably since Boomer, I would say, and Kenny before that. But uh, yeah, it should be a great game. And, um, you know, we've got like, you know, Chris Collins was saying that Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver in Bengals history already. Um just- You know, we've got uh, the good, the bad and the ugly. The press are coming out with their sort of negative narratives, which is always going to be the case. You know, Mike Brown is cheap and, uh, you know, kind of they were lucky to get to this stage and all this and all that. But I would just urge everyone just to block that out. Forget it. They Uh don't deserve the oxygen. Just focus on this and enjoying the moment. Uh, As Nathan said earlier, it might not happen again for a while. Right. What about this game then, Nathan? You're going to play
3: <laughs> <laughs> um so it's super bowl would you rather so i'm gonna okay. read you two situations right for the super bowl and you've got to tell me which one you'd prefer now i had a couple of these in my head and i've meant to write them down i haven't so if i'm uh, i'm in an r in then i sincerely apologize but okay. you've got to make a selection right okay, okay you ready
2: okay okay okay
3: would you rather The Bengals start with a one-point lead. So the game starts as normal, but the Bengals are 1-0 up.
2: Right.
3: (laughs) Or the Bengals get the ball at the start of the game, and they also get it after halftime. So the Rams never receive the ball before or after the half. Uh, um,
2: So so the first option is they're 1-0 up.
3: Yep. And each the, of the game just happens as normal, so the, either yeah. the Bengals or the Rams get the ball first, and the opposite team gets it after the half.
2: Uh, I think I'd go for the second option because one one point is not anything really. I mean, if it if it was like a seven point lead, then maybe I'd go for um, the first option. But I think I'd go for the second option. I think.
3: Okay. Okay. I, I like. I think you're right because you got to back that the you know the Bengals could put more than one point up, having got the ball in extra possession. Yeah. I guess would be the rationale. Okay. Oh, okay. I like it. I like okay, it. Okay. Right. Would you rather yep. first play of the game, Joe Boy yep. hits Jamar Chase down the sideline for a 49 yard gain and gets pushed out of bounds by Jalen Ramsey? <laughs> <Okay. laughs> or Matt Stafford drops back deep, absolutely hot, like with all his might, booms it down the field, it gets picked off by Mike Hilton at the Bengals 30 yard line. The first one, the first option. Chase, 49 yards out of bounds. It, but what, at what point in the field is he? From well, the tw- like twenty right right, so will right, be the twenty fives, yeah, so then yeah. you do the maths. About the uh, twenty-six.
2: Yeah. yeah, I'll go for the first one because it's guaranteed points because even if they don't get into the end zone, you're going to score points
3: from there, I think. Okay. All right. Next one. Would you prefer... Yeah. The Bengals to start with the two point lead, yeah, or they are allowed an extra man on the field for the whole game, (laughs) but that extra man is you. (laughs) you They'd have to account for you that you're still a human being, like a man, like you, you know, you're a decent sized lad, like you could cause problems.
2: Not quite the problems that the Rams would uh, appreciate. I don't He's
3: still think, running or. at Stafford. He's still got to account for you, is not he? If you're unblocked...
2: Yeah, no, that's true. I'm still like, going... He did, I'm still he going.
3: The... He, was, he flicked you off. He'd still have to... That's an extra half a second for him to flick you away.
2: No one's flicking me off in front of a world audience, Nathan. That's, <laughs> that's a private matter, that is. Um... I would still go for the former, I'm afraid. I mean you I I appreciate the confidence in my abilities and my athletic prowess, but no, I'm going for I'm going for the four. I'm going for the former, I
3: think. Yeah. Okay, the last one, on. the final one, would you rather? Would you rather Yeah. Or would you take this is a slightly different one. Okay. Would you take the Bengals start with a seven point lead? Yeah. So that's obviously, you know, sizable little lead for the Bengals. But in order for them to do so, Evan McPherson is subbed out as kicker for Chad Ochocinco.
2: Sorry, go over that again. Go over that again because that's quite
3: complicated So you can either say yes or no to would you select this as being the option. Okay, Okay.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Bengals start with a seven-point lead, which obviously is fantastic. But in order for it to happen, they have to sub out Evan McPherson as kicker. In favour of Chad Ochocinco, so we've got a seven-point lead. Yeah, but for the whole game, Ochocinco is the kicker. Would you take that? Yes or no?
2: Ooh, no.
3: Yeah, I'm probably just about with you. The
2: romantic in me says, yes, of course, get Chad on. Because he could also play wide receiver. points
3: just about.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. But not like, you know, if it comes down to field goal from like 50-odd yards away, then I'm not trusted. <laughs> you know, he'll probably still be on the sidelines eating a Big Mac, do you know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> telling everyone that he loves them and stuff, you know. Um, all right, here's one for you then. Here's one for you, yeah. back at you. And it's either or, this one. Kay Adams invites you round to her swish condo, but you have to watch SpongeBob SquarePants videos all night with her. Joe Burrow invites you round to his swish Cincinnati pad, but you also have to watch SpongeBob, whatever his name is, pants thing
3: all night long. I'd hang out with Joe Boy. I reckon me and Joe Boy. I reckon me and Joe Boy get along. You know. You reckon? We both got <laughs> You've yeah, but I mean, a, if, a, I mean a swagger. Yeah, me and Joe Boy have a bit of a chat. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I feel like we could have a bit of a sort of chinwag wag about the game and yeah. what's he up to. And I reckon I could blend in. You
2: could blend in to Joe Boy's pad. <laughs> Excellent.
3: <laughs> he's, he's, I don't really know. Joe Boy would be a funny character, wouldn't he? Outside, of football? I, th- he's, I think he's a, a nice very guy. private man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's so, not someone yeah. that you see a lot of in what he does in his personal life, and he's, he has this quite sort of. You said it perfectly earlier, summed it up. He's quite reserved, but not arrogant, but in a slight way. He's got sort of a real swag around him. He's a very interesting character. He doesn't post yeah, on re- social media. Yeah,
2: I agree. And when he does, of course, everyone listens. That's the thing. Yes. Whenever he speaks or whenever he posts or whatever he does, Everyone listens or yes. pays attention. And that is the side of an absolute leader. I don't know what what, what the, the intangibles are for that. It's just something that you're born with, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I think he's yeah, I think he's a pretty special guy. Um right, shall we bring in our special guest? Yes. As promised, we have a very special guest. He was part of two Super Bowl teams for the Bengals, and that is Kicker. Legendary Kicker a record holding kicker that is and of course it is the legend that is Jim Breeze. Jim, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us.
1: Well, I'm doing great and thanks for having me on. What an exciting week and couple weeks for the Bengals actually several weeks the way they've gone through the playoffs.
2: Oh, don't you just know it. I mean, does it bring it all back when you see the city and the and the team back to the Super Bowl? Does it kind of bring back all those amazing memories?
1: It really does. Yeah. You know, for those that played on the teams in the eighties, one of the things that we always wish was the guys get to see and feel what we felt in the eighties and how the city just came to life and how much fun they were having and how much they, the team was just, you know, so it's such an integral part of what was going on. And they're finally getting to, to experience that. And I think it's fantastic for them. And then for us that, have become huge fans it's exciting just because it's been so long and Mm. the way they did it unexpectedly is just it's been a great year you know i hope they can close it out
2: oh wouldn't it be brilliant now now this team obviously very different from the two teams that you were on that went to the super bowl but there is one thing in common and i mentioned this to our previous guest one of your teammates eric thomas a couple of weeks ago um They've kind of gone from worst to first in a season. And you did that both times, didn't you, when you went to the Super Bowl? More or less, not worst, but you know what I mean? A losing record and then turned it around. What's the key to that? And um, I guess how far down the season do you kind of think, hold on a minute, I I don't actually remember last season. We're in this to win it right now. Well, you
1: know, if there was a a formula for... Not losing, that would probably be better than going worst to first. Mm. But uh, it has happened all three times, so it was unexpected. Uh, although, our two, we both, both times we were the number one seed, so it wasn't like people were totally surprised. Sure, sure. Because we had been winning all year. In this case, you know, going into Kansas City in the second to last week and beating, having them at home and beating them. Won the division, so I think that was a little bit unexpected because people didn't think that they'd beat Kansas City once, let alone twice. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what the formula is, but for the Bengals, it seems to work when they have a losing season prior. Yeah. But unfortunately, they've had a lot of losing seasons mm-hmm. and didn't go to the Super Bowl. So I think from here on out with this team, I'd much rather see them be vying for the Super Bowl and you know be in the playoffs every year and forget about this. The losing,
0: the worst, the
2: first thing. Hmm. Well, let's take you back to those two Super Bowls. Again, two different teams, more or less. Um, incredible achievement by both of those teams in, in the uh, 1981 and 1988 season. Um, what's it like, Jim? Tell us what's it like in the build-up uh, to... I mean, we're, we're fully in Super Bowl week. I think the team... Are going to be on podiums this week, and you've got all the hoopla and the adverts and the chat show appearances and the chat show chatter and all kinds of stuff that we're just not used to as fans. And um, what's it? What's it like on the inside? Is it difficult to keep focus, or uh, what? Uh, what would you say to that?
1: Well, one, it's it's kind of an extension of what's gone on cause each each playoff game, we had a few more reporters, and then the next game was a little bit more. And then, obviously, the Super Bowl was crazy. Uh, I think the best thing is the dead week in here that mm. they've just gone through, trying to get tickets, trying to get everybody situated, trying to get the game plan in, so you can focus in on just getting it refined when you get out to LA. Um, it's it, it can be a little overwhelming, mm-hmm. and for young guys, particularly, I think it can be a little overwhelming and and ultimately you need some guys like a Joe Burrow to step up and say look yeah this is a big deal but we're here to win the game it's it's a football game mm. ultimately it's a football game yeah it's a big one but when you're in the game it really is a football game yeah so you got to prepare for that you got to be prepared you got to do things you do every week in your preparation so when you get out there you don't get hung up in all the hoopla because if you think about what we went through, 81 and 88 seasons, and those two Super Bowls, you can multiply that by 100 times with <laughs> social media and everything else that goes on and going on. And they're in L.A. and that stadium looks like a spaceship and all the things that go its It's 100 times bigger than what we went through. So really keeping them focused, because I think both at times – like for instance, the Bengals teams—they went to five straight playoffs and seven, you know, seven times under Marvin. Somehow, they kind of lost their focus, and they would get out of what got them there. You know, they're mm. doing the do your job type thing. And so these guys, so far in the playoffs, have been so disciplined. Yeah. And I think that'll carry over to this game. You know, it's, you know they—they're overcoming. And I, you know, I'm hopeful they'll continue to do things they've been doing.
2: Mm, no, absolutely. What, what was your favorite part of Super Bowl week, um, Jim? What can you remember that was your favorite bit?
1: I like the dead week. Yeah. I don't know about the favorite part, but the dead week just to kind of, you know, you can kind of relax a little bit that week, get the family straightened out. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have a game coming up. So you can relax, you can kind of enjoy that, and then get into the site. I think it's pretty cool, you know. It's like, hey, we are playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then just preparing.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, I remember uh, going out and play golf in Miami on a Tuesday, taking a bus with like ten guys and with a police escort, and they're pulling people over, and you see everybody looking like, who's on that bus? we <laughs> like, we got. We got 10 guys on this bus and they're, they're taking traffic off the road so we can get to our golf course. So that, that was kind of cool. That was fun. Um, overall, I think trying to keep it as normal as you can, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Yeah. Because if you really, again, if you really get caught up in it, uh, it can it can kind of get going sideways, mm. and you can get behind really. Our first Super Bowl, we were down twenty to nothing at halftime, and we kind of we certainly regrouped and at halftime and came out and made a game a really a game we very possibly could have won. Mm. But I remember at halftime, Forrest Gregg was like, "You're embarrassing me. You're embarrassing your family, the city." <laughs> You're ba- embarrassing the world with the way you guys are playing here. <laughs> and I think we were a little tight in that game, really. Yeah. Uh, the second game we came out, we had now we had eight or nine of us that played in the first one. Try and encourage guys, hey, prepare like you normally prepare. And we're not just happy to be here. That's the one thing. You can't, you can't just be satisfied to, to get to the Super Bowl.
0: Mm.
1: You want to be – because I can tell you now that I'm 65 – it is very bittersweet. I mean, it was unbelievable seasons that got us there. We had great teams, but we came up short, and it hurts. Mm, mm. It hurts, you know. And then uh, to think that the '88 one Super Bowl 23, kind of put Montana up on that pedestal with that drive of 92 yards, yeah. and so you know, I mean, it was. It's all great. Get back to your question. It's all great. Mm. Um, but the winning, if you win it, that's that's really what it's about.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Jim, you're a kicker. You're a very, very good kicker. You hold the Bengals uh, franchise record for the most points scored. Um, you were pretty good in the Super Bowls as well, I have to say. Um, you must be absolutely, because it's your area, it's in your wheelhouse, you must be incredibly excited about Evan McPherson,
1: right? I love Evan McPherson. He's my <laughs> hero. Oh my gosh, this kid has done so well, and he's so composed. And obviously, the big moment doesn't impact him, and mm. that's the biggest thing. Whether you're a young guy or not, you know, some guys handle it really well. And really, for kicking, the mental side is what separates guys,
0: mm.
1: and Evan has it. He has it, and to me, he's as close to Justin Tucker as there is in the league.
0: Oh wow, yeah. Right, now
1: we'll right. get to see. We'll get to see over time. Uh, you know if he can continue which I have no doubt he will but I think he's going to be just have a phenomenal career and he will pass me like I'm standing still and uh, total <laughs> points <laughs> what do you
2: what do you, what, what do you say to him Jim going into this Super Bowl if you had have, or actually have you have you spoken to him have you had a chance to meet the the guy
1: I have not met him. Right. Just like Kenny Anderson hasn't had a chance to meet Joe Burrow. Oh, and, I suppose because of COVID. Know, of all these yeah. COVID so yeah, so yeah. we haven't. But I've texted with him off and on. Yeah. And usually it's me just praising him and, you know, thank you for that great kick and, you know, you're my hero type thing. So <laughs> I've had those types of things. And he just said, hey, thanks, Jim. Appreciate it. Um, what, one thing that Jan Stanarute told me, he was doing some broadcasting for uh, Scandinavian TV and mm. radio, I can't remember which. But we got a chance to just sit because I didn't have a whole lot of people at my table right. on media day. So it was just he and I kind of hanging out. And he said, the one thing I would say is in the Super Bowl, if you if you have a big kick, just think that everything is going 100 miles an hour and just make sure you slow yourself down. Yeah, Because you see that at times where guys get going faster, whether it's just kicking or, you know, in any position guys kind of get a little bit ahead of themselves. And so I did have a kick, you know, 40 yards, Hmm. three minutes to go in a tie game. And that kind of went through my mind before I went out there. I thought, all right, make sure we just slow it down because everything's going fast and was able to do that, made the kick, put us up. And unfortunately Montana took them 92 yards and rice.
2: Yeah, uh, I'd rather not talk about that, Jim, shall we? Shall we not talk about yeah. that?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm um, fine. <laughs> what,
2: um, so that that would be the advice that you'd give, Evan, for this Super Bowl, if you were able to, just kind of take your time, take a breath, do things the exactly. way you were doing, don't let the occasion get on top of you, just treat it like a normal kick and take a breath and slow things down.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny, in three games... I played in five playoff games. I had 11 attempts in three games. He's had 12. Mm. So he's had he's been out there so many times that he's he's gotten into a really good rhythm. So I have no doubts he'll he'll do just as well as he's been doing. Mm. He's really exceptional. And you know, Paul, they said it was a big reach that the Bengals took him in the fifth round. What a mistake that was! <laughs> now what the experts are saying, and this guy's really good. He's He's impacted this season immensely.
2: I think that's it. You have to judge a a draft pick by the impact that he makes, right? And what an impact that Evan has made. I mean, he's become a a cult hero. He's a very lovable, funny, confident young man. And obviously he's got the talent to to back it up. Just finally, Jim, um, what's your prediction for Sunday? Have you got one? How are you feeling
1: about it? I think it's going to be a close game. Mm. Uh, And I see the Bengals winning... By three,
0: okay, and if it's
1: on a McPherson field goal,
0: okay, that would
1: be awesome. That would be awesome. All right. I, I don't have a score. <laughs> I think it'll probably be somewhere in the twenties, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's like the San Francisco and LA game, you know, twenty seventeen, something like that. Right, right, right.
2: Oh goodness me, another nail biter. Oh well, well, there we go. That's the way of things this year, I think. Um, Jim, thank you so much. I mean, I as as I'd mentioned to you off off mic uh, when we first said hello i can't quite believe i'm talking to you you uh, you were such a fantastic <laughs> player and i grew up watching you uh, i don't know whether that makes you feel old weird or or kind of proud i don't know but uh, i hope you take it in the right way um, no
1: i you know paul I'm, I'm kind of more curious as to what made you a fan in the 80s of the bengals
2: well, I've told that story many times, so I, w- I will, I will, tell you off, uh, Mike, when I, uh, when I, okay. when we finish this interview. But for now, you'll have to come back on a- again, Jim. We'd love to talk to you again at some stage. Um, Jim Breach, ladies and gentlemen, a bona fide legend. Thank you so much, Jim.
1: Thanks,
2: Paul. Appreciate it. Well, there we go. Brilliant stuff from the legend that is Jim Breach. The uh, franchise leading point scorer for the Bengals, and it's just wonderful to hear that he's ex- as excited as us, as the team. He's he's kind of you know as a former player, he's just delighted that they're back there and he can see what's going on in the city and you know he loves Evan McPherson and all that sort of stuff. I mean that was delight. I really loved talking to to Jim, and I hope we can do it. Um, Go on, Jim again. Right, shall we get to your correspondence, Cesar? Right, let's start with all at Armaduke Panache. Solid handle. Same game plan as the last three games. Keep Joe upright-ish, no mistakes, hold your nerve, wait for the chances to make a play and take them. Slam dunk, slam dunk the funk. Solid handle. No nerves at all. Excited to be with the other 1,235 people on Sunday at the Comedy Club. It's going to be rocking. See you Sunday, gents. Duncan, I hate to let you down, but there's not going to be 1,235 people there. Uh, It might sound like 1,235 people, but it's not going to be 1,235 people, unfortunately. But yes, you will see me there. Looking forward to seeing you, mate. Shall we try and go for three solid handles in a row?
3: Quite, maybe I'm not sure. What a a
2: start to the to the correspondences segment. Scott Gibb, at Scott Gibb one,
3: not not a solid handle. What a letdown.
2: Really looking forward to getting down to London Town and seeing all y'all's pretty faces. I might swing by the Admiralty for a beer on the way to the venue. Who fecking day bring the VL home, boys? I've got a feeling Scott. Scott might get quite drunk on Sunday. Might gonna be gonna behave, Scott, gotta behave. Ken Troop at Super Trooper sixty four.
3: Oh, I thought that might be a solid. Man. I like that. I was tempted. I was tempted, by like, I, you know, like I can't be giving out solid handles too easily. Like people no. start. Well, it's talking. a
2: Super Bowl, man. You've got to be charitable. Yeah, people
3: start talking. Yeah, I'm a bit like Joe. You have to uphold your integrity. You can't just be. <laughs> you can't be giving solid handles out all the time. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Key is keep trusting the coaches and keep calm and carry on. Just continue playing confident, nerveless football like we have in the last few games. Already winning the media and pregame stuff. And uh, as the best uniform for the game, it's no contest. That is very true, Ken. Um, mind you, I have been in, in a bit of a Bengals bubble. I've, I've seen the odd interview with Andrew Whitworth, and this is likely to be his final game as uh, as an NFL player. So,
3: well, What what a final game for
2: him as well. could that up, absolutely. could you? Absolutely, couldn't script it. John Plymire at Plymire 98 For a 45-year-old who was alive for the previous Super Bowls, I only remember 88 and who suffered through the 30 years of never-return, there is an odd sense of calm, a feeling that this team will win it all. They might not, but the something bad is definitely going to happen is gone. I think that's a really good point, because we are quite fatalistic as Bengals fans. We always expect the worst things to happen, because ordinarily they have. A Carson Palmer dreadful injury, an Andy Dalton broken thumb, a, you know a fumble in the last seconds against... I can't say the name, I can't say the name, Nathan. Um, Tim Crumwright in the Super Bowl, you know, the goal line stand in Super Bowl 16, you know, back, Greg Cook, you can go back to Greg Cook, you know, everything bad has happened when we were in a position to, to do well. And Louis Billups. Yeah, absolutely, you know, um, I think John's right. The feeling of something bad is going to happen has gone already. And that I think that might be, whisper it, win or lose, that might be the best thing that's happened this year. We're no longer thinking along the lines of what, 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 what's going to happen now? What bad thing is going to happen now? They've they've turned that around. That's that's quite a remarkable thing, I think. Uh, Corley Lad at Corlette Mark uh, keys to the game is defense and turnovers. If we can restrict the Rams' offense to 20 points, we have a great shout. Pretty relaxed about the game. Flying out to LA to catch the game and soak up the atmosphere. Anyone got any ideas for a Bengal fan friendly place? Callie, lad. Oh, we will be in I, touch. We will be in I've,
3: touch. I know a place in LA that is a massive, massive Bengals bar. Yeah. Um. They're, they're a group of Bengals fans called Bengals West. And they meet at, oh, I think it's called the Five Line Tavern or something like that in Pasadena. It's yeah. incredible. I mean, you probably have to book. It's. I think the last game they had to hire out another bar over the road because it was so yeah. mental. But they're called Bengals West. They're on Twitter. I've been to a couple of games there. It's a phenomenal okay. atmosphere. Um, so we just look them
2: up well we'll be in touch Mark uh, with some suggestions for you mate Chris Hood at uh, Who CP I still can't believe it's happening I can just remember the last time but this time is more intense and there's so much more information and interaction going to be an emotional night Stuart Davis at Stu Davis just enjoy it every last second let it all sink in and cheer the boys home from 5,000 miles away Hooday, absolutely Stu Uh, Rob Hill at uh, 3003 Rob not a
3: shocking
2: handle. Watching at home with my boy. This week is dragging. Seems like the KC game was a month ago. I love being the underdog. I think Cup is as dangerous as Donald and Miller. Uh, Stuart Finney at Vindog underscore seven. Uh, very nervous, but this team has loads of character. Uh, so believe we can do it. Well, there we go. Tom Lawrence at Tommy Jalapino. Uh, Solid hand. Imagine the bruises if we do it. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> this is why I'm not going to stand next to Nathan during the Super Bowl party. I, or at least if I do, I think I'm going to come padded up because I might get punched, head butted. <laughs> Rob,
3: I'm Mac- going to find you in that bar Sunday. You worry. Uh, well, no, you will. You will.
2: Shaun, at disciple of Ange. I still don't really think it's sunk in. I, like I can't process. There's an actual game or strengths or anything like that. Believe it, Shaun. It's coming, my friend. Bianco Verde, uh, Bianco Verde, Solido. Two evenly matched teams, in my opinion. I think it will come down uh, to who wins in the trenches and can force more turnovers. Joe will be under pressure for sure, but so will Stafford. I think the Bengals edge it and get a strip sack or a pick six at a crucial moment in the game. Cool, Cool. CJ, who CJ? I can't believe it. Nerves have kicked in, and there's still five days to go. Have a Super Bowl tradition, going away with friends to watch it, and this is the first time one of our teams has made it, so there'll be a few honorary fans for the night. Enjoy yourself, CJ. Have a good time, Sam. Viking Wayne at Viking underscore Wayne 84. Couldn't get down to London for the meet-up, so going to a bar in Manchester with a few friends. Victory cigars at the ready. Nerves haven't kicked in, but they will do Sunday. Have a great time, Wayne. Uh, Paul Pringle at Bantha 21. Solid keeping Cup and Beckham busy as well as Jefferson and Higby and pressur- pressuring Stafford into keeping Cup and Beckham busy as well as Jefferson and Higby. Actually, Jefferson, no one's really mentioned Jefferson. He's had a solid season. And pressuring Stafford into areas key for the D. For the yo, I'd like to see a lot more use of chase over Mixon on first and second down. Uh, my main hope will be McVeigh's bonkers touchline calls. Jamie at Trequat I think they'll struggle to get the run going versus our front so it's uh, going to be an uh going to be on Matt Stafford to win it for them. I trust Lou to show him things he's never seen before. Uh then it's on our offense to take off uh, take over. We still need to convince the Rams that Ramsey is uh, going to be too. Here's another either or question for you Nathan. Would yep. you take a the, the scores are level at the start of the third quarter. Would you take uh, Joe Boy goes back to pass and he fires down the left-hand sideline and he finds Jamar Chase uh, who catches the ball but Jalen Ramsey tackles him and he's been chirping at Jamar Chase all the time. Uh, So Jamar Chase turns around and clocks him with the most ferocious but exquisite and beautifully targeted uppercut sending him into La La Land and out for the count or would you take a Similar situation, but Jamar Chase going all the way for a touchdown.
3: Oh, of course, Chase, you get ejected, which would be shocking. I'll take the touchdown all day, son. I'm taking the uppercut. Um,
2: <laughs> Sean Whitehead at uh, Sean Whitehead. I usually sit down and watch it on my own. This year, I have family coming over. The wife is going to stay up and watch it. She even learnt the rules during the KC games. My nerves will kick in big time before kickoff and won't go away until the game ends. Um, And that's about it, really. I think Sean's right. I mean, it illustrates that it's a really, for some, it's going to be a really fantastic family occasion. And um, yeah, as I say, wherever you watch it, scream out for the lads and send that good energy. I'm sure they all appreciate it. and that's about it, really, for a, a Super Bowl show. It's
3: uh... I've got I've got a couple of them a little nuggets on my list. If you want to extend it by another two or three minutes, yeah, nugget away. I'm always um... I tell you where we've got the edge, and we haven't talked about this. We've got the edge at kicker. McPherson is absolutely firing on all cylinders. I don't think the geezer could be more confident if he tried. So mm. that to me is a big plus for us but on the other side of the ball matt gay the rams kicker very very good in the regular season i think he was 32 or 34 um but he missed he's missed a couple in his last couple of games he missed one against the bucks his old team and there was a bit of sort of you know back and forth about that it just he's coming into the game a bit sort of oh you know not on the best run of form missed one in his old team stadium so you you don't want their kicker coming in hot, some absolute hot shot that's just going to be banging them through. Like if they had Justin Tucker, you just be like, oh, for God's sake! But that's an area that could be interesting if he misses one early or something like that. Because you talk about kickers having pressure on him in the regular season, the Super Bowl is just an absolutely different spectacle. And I think that if we if they could just get in his head, or you know, it comes down to a big kick at the end, maybe just maybe Matt Gay might gift us a Super Bowl. There you go. Mm.
2: It'd be interesting, isn't it? I mean, I hope it doesn't. Well, I'm kind of hoping it doesn't go down to a last-second kick. But if it is, you you back Evan all the way, wouldn't you? Just the form is in, the confidence that he's got. Um, but uh, yeah, but we'll Did- see.
3: One other nugget that is a big thing to watch, Tyler Higby, their tight end, in a similar vein to C.J.'s armour, he's got an injury, similar one to C.J., but they're less optimistic about him playing. Oh, okay. Now, he's their absolute third-down weapon. Matt Stafford loves going to him on third down. He's a big part of their offence. So that's one to watch, because if he doesn't play, that is a bit of an opportunity for us They're taking a weapon away from him. So... That's one to watch throughout the week to see if he's able to go or not. I don't think he practiced um, last week. And a few people are saying, I think Sean McVay said that that he didn't think he practiced this week. So Mm. if he does play a bit like CJ, he might not be in the best condition. So that's sort of a toe for toe, really, with um, sort of where we are in that situation. But apart from that, there's just one last thing I want to say is and i've said this all year and i can't believe we've it's made it all the way through to the super bowl and it still holds true it is an absolute the unbelievable blessing that the Cincinnati Bengals are in the Super Bowl with only four players that I could name off the top of my head that aren't going to be in it due to injuries. I mean the fact that the health of this team in the Super Bowl having played what 20, 21 games or something yeah, yeah. ridiculous like that. The only four players I could think of Larry ogan Joby, Joseph Asai, um Jordan Evans, your boy, and Riley Reef. I I I'm missing anyone? obvious? I mean, there might be the odd player that's Uh, going to Joe
2: Batchy went down. Yeah, Joe they went down. There might be Stanley Morgan this week. Uh, We'll see about Cam Sample... Um, You know, yes, but but, but, uh, your
3: point still stands. I mean, mean? none. Ogan, Joby, probably. Ogan, Joby, and Reef are two quality starters, but they're not any of our elite players. The fact we've got all our elite boys out there firing your Trey Hendricksons, your Joe Boys, your Mixons, um, obviously your Chase, your Higgins, your Boyds. They're all there. They're all ready to go. I mean,. If you're going to ever have a better chance, it's going to be here and now. when you've you've rode that. And I think with injuries, it's always luck. You can talk about strength and conditioning, but sometimes it is just you know the way that the way the foot lies on the ground. So incredible. When I think fair play to the strength and conditioning staff. And again, what an opportunity based on the fact that we are going into this game fighting fit. Yep,
2: yeah, you said it. I mean, it's a stark contrast from the last few years, isn't it? Where everyone seemed to be dropping like flies. Actually, did you see that story? Just to uh, just to uh, link it to, to what you were saying about injuries, they did explore the idea of uh, bringing back Gino Atkins when uh, Larry yes, in- Joby yes, went yeah. down, but he still hasn't quite recovered from that shoulder injury, which absolutely explains why he's not been in the NFL this year, because that injury yeah. is still lingering. Yeah. What a shame. That would have been quite something, wouldn't it? Um, oh, but you're right. No. I think all our boys are ready to go. I think we're ready to go. Um I can't wait personally I'm really looking forward to it looking forward to the game itself looking forward to all the hoopla and the fun and the excitement uh, again if you're coming to the comedy uh, pub this weekend it'd be great to see you all there will be an email uh, sent out uh, via our ticketing service just to let you know if you you know things what's going on in terms of food the bar uh, spaces that we've got, you know, kind of just a few kind of house rules as well. So look out for that in the next couple of days. Uh, And as I say, even if you're not coming down to London on Sunday um, and wherever you watch it, just scream your head off. Have just the best time and enjoy the moment and just enjoy the experience. And, uh, of course, we will be back next week to dissect everything. Hopefully we'll have a Lombardi in our pocket, Um, but we'll see. Oof, here we go then, Nathan, this is it. It's the the deep breath before the plunge.
3: Yeah. Um, no, no, it's going to be, it's a, it's a very, very surreal experience for us to close the podcast out like this, knowing that, you know, either way we're going to be discussing either a Super Bowl win or a Super Bowl loss um, for next week's episode. I mean, we've been doing this now for, what, four years, 162 episodes, I think you said at the start. I yeah. mean, it's a very, very surreal moment. I think you summed it up perfectly there, just to everyone just – enjoy it you we may never make it again you know (laughs) and if it takes another what 32 years i mean half of us will be dead speak me yourself i'm
2: only 22 uh anyway
3: (laughs) so i mean yeah i think just enjoy it lap it all in and i think we've got a really good chance as well i don't think by any means we're massive underdogs here we've got an absolute the um golden boy and joe boy um I think it'd be a great game, and I'm I'm absolutely thrilled to to watch it at the Comedy Pub. And a massive hats off to you, I'm sure, from all Bengals fans, Sam, for what you've put on um, this Sunday. It's going to be an incredible venue. Um, it looks fantastic, and I know they'll take great care of us. So can't wait to watch it with you all. And uh, either way, I know it'll be an incredible evening. Uh,
2: I can't take all the credit. We have got a, a team of people working with me, so um, thank you to them. But yes, we will see you on Monday where we will know whether we are Super Bowl champions uh, or not, as the case may be. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Huge thank you to uh, Jim Breach. What a treat for a guy that grew up with that team. What an absolute treat to talk to him. And uh, again, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game. We'll be back on Monday. It is a who day from me.
3: And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.